Welcome to the More Life Podcast, where creative problem solvers and entrepreneurs talk about squeezing more out and finding meaning in this crazy thing we call life. Let's dive in. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the More Life Podcast. I'm here with uh, Dave Shrine, two times founder of the Blocks Agency and of Campaign Donut, uh, my business coach and mentor. Dave, say what's up to the people. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much, my friend. It is good to be here. It's long overdue, and I will do just that. What up to the people? I say, <laughs> give the people what they want, and what they want is more life. Morning. Awesome. Awesome. This is going to be so good because you know what? I, when it comes to uh, what this show is about, I, I love your attitude towards it and um, uh, just looking towards how do we succeed in our life and how do we succeed holistically, you know, in terms of like, what is success and what does that mean for us and how hard do people push in on it? I feel like you strike such a good balance between that. And that's why you kind of inspire me in a lot of ways, uh, not just in business wise, but it really in life wise, because you, you just started recently, you know, sharing more about your, your marriage on social media, which I love because you're already a funny person. So at, at Sandra, to the mix and everything's you know getting even She's more interesting. <laughs> so Dave I want to start off by letting people hear a little bit about you who you are where you come from maybe talk a little bit about both of your uh, uh, businesses or or shrine enterprises as it would be uh, uh, let them know man we're going to call it the shrine media network from here on out <laughs> yeah um, uh, if you had asked me 10 years ago uh, would you be doing a more live podcast with Bart Aniston talking about uh, what it is to be an entrepreneur? I might have said uh, maybe because if you've got that entrepreneurial creator streak inside of you, you really can't suppress it. You can't hold it back. Like it's there. And if you don't feed it, it's going to cripple you. And so uh, I might have said maybe, uh, but if you had told me the way that I would have found myself uh, to where I am today, uh, that is running the Blocks Agency, an e-commerce marketing agency, uh, getting ready to release. As of right now, we haven't released it. We're getting ready to go into trial users, but getting ready to release a software application, like a true SaaS, um, how I got to that point, um, I would have said, you know, that, that, that seems highly unlikely. My story is uh, in high school... I hated school. I couldn't take it. I wanted to get out of school as fast as I could. And I don't mean this in an arrogant or egotistical way, but school wasn't for me. And that being the case, I always felt the thing holding me back was school, was the system of school. As soon as I got out of school, I could finally get on with my life. And that turned out to be the case. I had planned to go to college. Didn't want to. That's <laughs> what you do, right? That's, that's, the, do. that's the next logical step. And, uh, and so as I was preparing for that, me being, uh, being a Christian, uh, seeking Christ in the way I choose to live my life and the choices I make, I felt uh, for other people who, um, who are spiritual and even, you know, trust Jesus that you'll understand what I'm saying. If, if, if you're not spiritual or you, you haven't had a spiritual experience, it might be a little bit difficult, but um, for me, I sensed God telling me, do not go to college. That is not the plan that I have for you. And so I listened, I obeyed. And uh, what I wound up doing was I wound up interning at my church for a, a, a several years, learning, growing, 
discovering what it is to what it was to actually work with adults, right? Like people <laughs> who have furniture that wasn't bought at Ikea. And that was the first several years of life out of high school. Well, I got to try my hand at a lot of different things. And the longer I spent in nonprofit work, particularly in the church, the more I realized that, hey, this technology and the internet was kind of coming into its own, internet 2.0, web 2.0, this kind of comes easy to me. And so I moved from one church where I was the music minister doing website stuff to another church where I became the website guy doing some music stuff here or there. And what I quickly learned was that I had a deep passion for communication and for the written word in particular, because as a musician, you can influence people, uh, but unless you really uh, get widely distributed, your influence really ends with whoever you see at a live event or on a church Sunday service. Yep. Writing, that goes on the internet, man. And with words, that's something everybody can resonate and understand with. And I realized my influence as a musician was like this, while my influence as a writer was really endless. Wow. And so I started leaning more into marketing. We call it communication in the nonprofit world because marketing is evil. But I started <laughs> to lean into more marketing strategies. And I discovered that I really loved helping people do the right thing for them at the right time for the right reasons. Then you fast forward. I leave the church. Uh, I mean, I'm, I still go to church, but I leave church, working at the church. Uh, yeah. I launched Shrine Media, which is now the Blocks Agency. And six years later, uh, we have a small team of three or four part-timers at the time of this recording, uh, three or four full-timers. It's something like that. I lose count. Um, several contractors we love working with and yeah, getting ready to launch our first software application. And, um, all of that has happened while raising a family. So Sandra and I have been married for 14 years. We have three little boys, uh, Isaiah, who was born in 2012, Isaac, who was born in 2014 and little Stevie who was born in 2017. So that's, that's my story. Um, I'm a dude with depression. So I like to talk about that. I love baseball cards. I love sports. Um, and really, I just love seeing other people succeed. That's more than you wanted, but you know what? Give the people what they want. They I wanted to know why to they should listen. I the people that they need to stop or pause this recording and get a pencil or pen or <laughs> an app because Dave is that guy where he's just going to lay it out and he's a wealth of knowledge. And what that does is he doesn't even know how good the stuff he's saying is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you're used to it. That's just the way your, your brain works. Um, so what happens oftentimes when I'm around you, I'm like, huh, even though we weren't talking about that, you said something in passing and it's like, oh, I should probably write that down. I should probably implement that inside my life because it's so meaningful because I feel like you are, um, steps uh, further ahead than me, but you're so gracious with your time. So we're going to jump right into it. We're not going to waste any of it. Uh, in terms of balancing life and passion. So, you know, this a lot of people, because they know me as an agency owner, as a designer, they mm -hmm. assume this show is about that. And really, I feel like we need to help young people who maybe want to get into this industry because it's one of those cool, elusive jobs. What does it actually mean? What does it mean to be a TikToker? What does it mean to be a digital content creator? What does it mean to be yeah. a social media manager? I want to break it down for people and say, listen, there's a lot of work that goes into it, but you also have to gear your brain in a certain way to see some of the things that uh, uh, may 
start off small and become big. And the taking something from, I always say this, zero to one is much harder than one to a hundred. And how do people get from that zero to one and, and birthing something while still trying to be true to who they are? Maybe they're an artist, maybe they are a, a steel worker, it doesn't matter what they are. Maybe they have an idea how do you, how does, what is the genesis of an idea for you? And then how do you break down whether it's good or if it needs to be thrown in the trash? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different ways we could talk about this type of a question. And I think the way that I would like to approach it is first and foremost, um, you know, we're all a work in progress. And so the things that we value, the things that um, that we want our life to count for, they're going to change over the course of time, especially with major life changes, right? You go from not being married to married. That's a big life change. And oh, so yeah. your values and your priorities and your, uh, you know, the end results that you're shooting for, that changes. Then all of a sudden you go from working a day job to getting a career job. That's a big change. You go from hourly to salary. You go from being just a couple to having like these very, these very large life changes. Having dependence. Um, yeah. And yeah. they completely realign what it is we're passionate about, um, or at least uh, realign how we work out our passions. And so what I would say is if we're taking this idea of you know, how do we go from where we're at right now to where we want to be, whether it's uh, I'm starting in school and I want to graduate to get this type of job, or whether it's I have an idea and I want to bring it to fruition, or whether it's I want to grow in this type of area in my life so that I can become this. I would say the big thing that comes back to me is what are you ultimately trying to do in the lives of other people and what is the impact that you're trying to have? So you said, you know, maybe an artist. Well, let's just take an artist, for example. Why do you, as an artist, want to create? And if the reason for why you want to create is because I want to create art, I would challenge you that that's not a big enough reason. You're thinking very small because the truth is there's something inside of you that compels you to create art, to see some sort of a result or effect happen in or on the world or the worlds of people who are around you. So to say I create art because I want to create art, it's kind of like this circular reasoning. Yeah. But to say I create art in order to help people who have lived in one place their whole life see life from a complete opposite end of the spectrum and respect someone who's different from them, now that's a value that I can get behind. So when we're looking at ideas of you know just for our business or when I'm looking at what I want to do in my personal life, What's the end goal? And now we've gone from art as a prof profession. I'm going to take you to something that's a hobby for me right now. And it's very timely. I've always loved collecting cards. I've always loved sports cards, trading cards, NBA, basketball, uh, football. I I've always loved sports. But I used I to have a hockey card collection. You used to have a – well, that's right because you're north of the border up there, eh? <laughs> hey. That's right. I got a couple – I got a Wayne Gretzky – Sitting on top of my 800 card count cardboard box. I will take a picture of it. I will send it to you. Please do. I'll send the, I'll send the card to you straight up. We'll get it across the border. But I'd always collected <laughs> cards, but I'd taken a break for a long period of time. But what did I discover about six months ago? My brother, Stephen, who's six years younger than me, four, actually four years younger than me, he's been collecting cards for the previous year. I didn't know this. And so all of a sudden, 
I went from, yeah, I like to collect cards because I like having cards or I like to collect cards because they're fun to have to, I like to collect cards because I want to connect with my younger brother, Steven, and we have connected. So what is the value? What is the driving force behind what it is you want to do? And does that make the world a better place for other people? And I believe that an artist who wants to help other people see the world from a different perspective, I believe that makes the world a better place. A brother who wants to connect with his younger brother, I believe that makes the world a better place. So there you go. That's just the top thoughts off the top of my head for that. No worries. Uh, I, and I, I was just on a call uh, yesterday with like a entrepreneurs group, um, uh-huh. like a local t- uh, kids out of high school, maybe college. And I felt yeah. like I was answering the question kind of the way you were answering very existentially. Cause when you're young and you're starting, you think it's so simple in, 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 or direct, direct line. Well, I want to be an artist so that I can get notoriety or, or, or because I want to, or because it's something I'm good at. And then yeah. what ends up happening is as you get older or as you have more experience in life, those type of things become more existential, bigger, larger yep. picture questions as to what will make me happy. What, what type of things do I want to invest my time in? Why yeah. is the real reason when it's being reduced down? Do I actually want to do this? And where can this take me? Can, can I make a living off of this? Can I be happy doing this? It's mm-hmm. bigger questions that, that come into the mix. And that, that kind of is leading into, you know, even the, the, the headspace of people being happy. I think we do a big disservice in, at least in our school systems here. We don't talk about, you know, uh, uh, money really well. We don't talk about actually what the science of being happy is. What's, how do you satisfy yourself professionally or, or meaningfully, like with your own personal self and people often chase what we um, have decided is the standard of what success is you know we we look to celebrityism we look to movie stars we look to sports athletes we look if you were to type into iStock you know what is uh success or success and for photos it would probably put a a a white male in a business suit somebody with their arm raised who's at the top of a mountaintop meanwhile you got somebody who is very much you know struggling who who has all these things maybe they have a really good job and a really nice car but they're not happy and it's like, well, I did the thing that everyone told me to do, and I don't feel like I'm fulfilled. So there's one, it's like we're talking about two sides of the same coin. On the one side, it's like, I want to do something really cool. You know, who am I? What am I doing this for? And on the other side, am I chasing the wrong thing? Is this something that's actually going to produce results? Or is this something that's going to actually be more vain than it is meaningful to me in my mind, um, in my life rather? Uh, and and I, I want to talk even more about like, clearing your head to find these type of to answer some of these questions like i'm a big big fan of like routine in in my personal life so that i can get some stuff done it took me like a decade to of failing miserably until realizing that i should probably put some structure about how i find clarity to get some stuff going but at the same time it's like it takes so much work and self-discipline to realize that okay if I want to get to where I'm going, I can't keep doing what I used to do because I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not satisfied doing that. I have to change mm-hmm. something and provide a structure for my creativity. And this is where I want to ask you, uh, in your realm, because we have this, um, 
I, I don't know, it would almost be like creativity versus marketing. People consider marketing as still very like sly, smart, slick, tech savvy mm-hmm. and creativity is very artsy and and very fluid and pretty and i think in today's world those things are closer than what we believe them to be i think creativity and marketing are is problem solving and how does someone who is a creative find a way to solve problems on a regular basis what do you think about that yeah so i want to go back to just I want to wrap something up from what we were previously talking about. So if there are folks out there who are trying to find some direction in their life, one of the things that I really would have benefited from hearing 10 years ago, 15 years ago, is that it is okay to change and it is okay to shift. But when you choose a direction, you have to pursue that direction sharply and narrowly. 100% because if you go, I mean, it's just the the statement. If you go a mile wide and an inch deep, uh, you're not really going to discover what you're truly capable of because you're just scratching the surface on a lot of little things. Go as deep as you can on one specific thing, but then realize that it is okay to change if you decide that that is not bringing the same level of fulfillment that you have seen other people who are doing the same thing experience or that you would envision for yourself. Now, stepping forward into what you had been recently talking about um, with this idea of success being a moving target, it is indeed a moving target. And as you're looking at making changes, um, or not making changes, but making uh, directional decisions for how your life is going to evolve, be it what you want your career to look like, what you want your family to look like, um, what you... uh, what you believe will bring you joy, albeit all those things are not going to turn out the way that you thought they were. Um, I, I haven't met anyone yet that says, yeah, it turned out exactly how I had planned it. I just, I haven't because there's, there's extraneous variables and they're called humans and <laughs> other humans come into your life yep. and you cannot control how they react and respond to whatever it is you're doing. Um, so what I, what I have chosen to do, um, it, you know, it seems real chic, right now and real trendy to kind of, you know, touch your finger, put it out, see which way the wind is blowing and say, okay, I'm going to go this direction. Um, that's actually fading. That's a trend. And that trend will go away. What is really always in style is consistency and bedrock foundation. Uh, in a world where more and more people are trying to see which way the wind blows in a relationship, in a political season, uh, in a business, in a job, in their family. They're trying to see which way the wind blows before they take a stand. It's actually really hard to find people who have built their lives upon something that it's the same it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, as it is today. And I'm not saying I've done a good job of this, but when I was a kid, I decided, now say what you want about faith and religion. I like the way Jesus lived his life, and I like the things that people had to say about him. So take the whole I believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior out of the picture and just look at him as a really good guy, which he really doesn't give you that option, but let's just say that he did. I'm like, you know what? The way he lived his life, that's how I'm going to base all of my decisions. I'm going to have a foundation. I'm going to look at the scripture and I'm going to say, this is how I'm going to make my choices. Now, the choices, the way I do things is going to change over time, but coming back and looking back, okay, what is my success? Because Success is a moving target. So if my success is 100,000, if I reach 100,000, I no longer have something to shoot for. It's just more. 
So 200,000. And you can never find true joy that way because success is always changing. Your, Your foundation is always changing. Whereas if you choose something like me, I choose the Bible. I choose the life of Jesus. You may have chosen something else. You can constantly come back and say, how close am I living up to what it is I said I wanted to live up to? Mm. That is a true measure of success because Jesus already lived, Jesus already died, and I believe Jesus already resurrected. He's not changing. Like That's there. So if I can say, no matter how old I get, I come back to what I said was my ideal of what joy is like, what living should be like, if I can measure up and say, yeah, I'm doing pretty good compared to what it is I said I wanted to live out to that's where real joy for me is found. And it gives me all the permission in the world to change my direction in career, change my direction in my business, change the way that I parent, because it's no longer, I want to parent and have this many kids this way. It's right. Am I being more like Jesus? Yeah. Right. And so it gives me all the permission in the world. Now to go to the last part of your, your question there, um, the idea of what was it that you said? Art, like marketing, creativity, creativity. Yeah. Yeah, creativity and marketing kind of coming together. You're absolutely right. Marketing is all about helping people take a step forward. The good marketing. I'm not talking about shysters, but the good marketing. People out there who say, I genuinely believe what I have learned how to do or what I have produced will make somebody's life better. I no longer want somebody who wears glasses or who has bad vision to have bad vision. I believe their life will be better if they purchase these glasses with these lenses. I mean, anybody that wears glasses is going to tell you, yes, my life is better because my vision is corrected. 100%. And then one step further, right? Like, like contact lenses and then corrective vision. Like you hear these tests. So marketing isn't bad. It's helping people make a decision that's good for them. Right person at the right time, the right product for the right reasons. But everybody's different. And so if you're going to get your message out there, if you want your life to actually count for something, if you want your art to sell, if you want uh, to get that promotion, you're going to have to learn to market. And by marketing, I mean, you're going to have to learn how to reach the right person at the right time for them with the right product that they need and then sell it to them for the right reasons. Because Mm. if you can't figure out how to reach them where they're at, which is marketing, you can't figure out how to do that. You're never going to be able to change their life with your product. So you might think, okay, I'm going to sell a pair of glasses. You know what? I don't want to put any funny business. I don't want to try to make it sound better than it is. I'm just going to tell them this will make you see better. Well, you know what? That might be good enough for some people, but there's people out there who aren't going to take you at your word and they're not even going to give you a chance. So you've got to market to them because you need to get them interested so you can actually make a change. I'll give you one Little example, and then we can move on to wherever you want to go next. <laughs> no worries. But I have one. I have uh, a couple clients who this will be the case. Um, they'll say we've we've got this widget, and this is how we do things. This is why we do things, and um, this is this is how it plays out. Like we market this way, and we promote this benefit, and this is why we do that. And so what they're doing. So I'll say, well, what you're doing in effect right there is they'll say something like, it takes us about you know 12 months to close the door because we have to explain the entire mm. model to them. Like, well, we need to shorten that window. We need to get that down to like you know two to six weeks, not 12 months. And so then I'll say, here's what we need to do. This, it's for a nonprofit. This particular nonprofit has a budget allocated here that is discretionary. 
but you're selling to this budget right here, which is not discretionary. Right. That's already accounted for. And so you're having to wait 12 months for them to make a decision and allocate budget here. So 12 months down the road, they can say, okay, now we have approval. So you need to shift and appeal to the discretionary budget. And they said, well, we want to tell you about the format and why we do that. And I tell them, <laughs> look, here's the deal. You can have that all day long, but if you can't get them to give you the time of day to see your materials, to see what it is you're trying to promote, it doesn't matter how great the material is, they're going to put it off. If you believe that getting the materials in their hands right now makes a difference, and do you believe that? They say, yeah, we believe that. Then we need to make a shift. And so what I told right. them, I was like, we're going to shift who we're selling to. We're going to sell to this decision maker who has this discretionary budget. And then after they purchase for these reasons, we're going to tell them, and look how you can use all of these products that you just purchased in other areas. And we are literally going to be paid by them to educate mm -hmm. them on all the things that was going to take a long other time. So yes, there is the marketing side, but there's also the creative side where you have to appeal to people, not only in the artistic creativity, but the creativity of how are we going to reach them with our messaging, the creative messaging. So that's a long drawn out answer, but hopefully it kind of keeps us on track brings us where we were talking about to where we are right now and where we're going. So even, even uh, the, we can stick with that a little bit more, what uh, roadblocks, you know, they happen in our personal life, they happen in our business life. What, how do you overcome roadblocks? Because I feel like in a creative industry, in entrepreneurship, in personal life, they're going to happen. Um, and sometimes they're of your own uh, volition and sometimes they are of, uh, external circumstances. Maybe yeah. it's, it's, it's the situation that you're in or the people that are above you, maybe in the industry, your workplace or whatever. Let's talk about roadblocks. You know, I want to help people that, that may be feeling that they don't get their fair chance or fair due. And what do, what should they be doing or what could they be doing to, to help mitigate that thought and that idea? So there's two, you were talking about, you know, two sides of the same coin. That's kind of the way my thinking is about this topic, because on the first side of the coin is nobody is going to care about your outcomes and your circumstances more than you. And if somebody does care about your outcomes and your circumstances more than you, you're in big trouble because no matter how much they help you, you will never be able to step in and realize the full benefit of any type of assistance that comes your way. So first and foremost, when you're talking about making momentum in your career, in your family, in your business, with your ideas, you have to be the one who cares more than anybody else. Because if you're waiting around for somebody else to come over and make it, gonna, make it happen, it's not going to happen. Ain't no politician coming into your house and putting food on your baby's table, right. right? Ain't no boss coming into your home and just saying, I want to go ahead and give you enough money to pay off your medical bills or to grow uh, your, the footprint of your house or to mm -hmm. add on that addition. Like, and even, even with family members, very few of us actually have family members who either have the resources or the mentality that we're going to come in and we're just going to take care of everything. Like that just doesn't happen. No. So if you are standing back waiting for somebody to give a rip more than you give a rip about yourself, like, I'm sorry, your life is going to be unfulfilling. But on the, the flip side of that is if you're going to burst through roadblocks, you need other people. You cannot do it on your own. And the big distinction is that you have to be the one who cares about the outcome so much 
and your end result so much that you're willing to then humble yourself to bring other people into the circle and hear what they have to say and get their perspective. That doesn't mean that they're going to do the work for you. That means you're going to get some very solid input, especially if they know your situation, very solid input of how to break through where you're at to where you want to be from people who have either been there and done that or people who know you well enough to know how you get in your own way and then will challenge you to humble yourself and really grow in the particular area that's holding you back. That's Somebody awesome. that, uh, that that you and I have listened to and have heard Bart is Gary Vaynerchuk. And I mm-hmm. saw an, uh, an advertisement said, get, fr- get coached by Gary Vaynerchuk for one year. It's, excuse me, it's a contest he's running. Get coached by Gary V for one year. And I thought that is an incredible, that's an incredible prize to win. I don't think I'm ready to win that right now because I don't know if I would be able to, because he's not going to do it for me. No, He's going to kick my tail all day long. And if I come back the next week and I tell him I didn't make progress, that's the type of thing that he's just going to be like, I don't have time for you. And then he moves on because I don't care about my outcome more than he cares. Mm. He cares about it more than me at that point. And he's it's just going to be gone. I look, yeah, he's, I'm peace out. I don't have time for you. If you're not going to put in the work, I sure as heck ain't going to put in the work. So when we're talking about breaking through those obstacles, it's all about first and foremost, taking accountability and wanting it more than anybody else wants it for you. And then once you've got that and you've got that in your brain, it's then surrounding yourself with people who are going to be brutally honest for you with you and want the success for you, not more than you want it for yourself, but who want to see you succeed. And, you know, we, we have our call that we do every single week, Bart, yep. nothing fires me up more than to hear you come back or hear any of our uh, students come back and say, here's what I did. Here's how I'm succeeding. And I want to celebrate that with you. But the thing is, is, you know, like I don't do it for you. Mm-hmm. We don't do it for one another. We may partner up and do it with one another, but it all comes back down to your desire and ability to humble yourself, take the advice, and apply it. You mentioned something that's so key, and this is where we're gonna we're gonna end. I wrote it down, but you really touched on it, and it's uh, the people that you surround yourself with. You know, you have like we have our roundtable call. Um, you mm-hmm. mentor myself and two other people, uh, but you also, I'm assuming, talk with somebody else and find somebody who may be further ahead either in life or in business or whatever Mm -hmm. in marriage. And then that's also, it's, what I've discovered is, I I haven't even asked you this, if if it's true or not, but what I've discovered is successful people never do it by themselves. They always have, anybody who's truly successful has some type of counsel, advisor, or somebody, or at least somebody where they can uh, offload a bunch of ideas onto an advocate of some sort, because the road is long, and it takes a lot of um, stamina to break through all these barriers, and you have to be headstrong enough, and you need a sounding board of some sorts. And the type of people that you surround yourself will determine how far you can go, because those are the people who push you, who challenge you, who help you, who guide you. Um, and, and I, I want to even, you know, talk about in your own life, uh, where have you seen those type of moments really help propel you into, uh, uh, what you've, what you've been able to see grow in your life, those types of things. I've been super fortunate that 
there have been plenty of solid men who have wanted to invest in my life, who have taken an interest in me, who have wanted to spend time with me, and who have wanted to get to know me and earn the right to speak into the choices, decisions, and directions that my life uh, takes and goes. And that's a huge, huge factor in what I've been able to achieve. Because um, I'll just give you Scott, okay? Scott was one of the first people who ever really cared about my professional development. Now, I had plenty of personal development, but professional development, was, uh, it was one of my bosses named Scott. And every week we would sit down and he would just let me start to talk. And he wouldn't tell me what to do, but he would ask me questions and then he would propose solutions. And we did that every day for almost a year. And even after we parted ways and no longer worked at the same organization together, he still invested in my life. And a lot of the lessons I learned from him, I still apply today. Okay. Fast forward. Another mentor that I had was Jonathan. I'll give you one teeny tiny example. I like to explain myself and I probably over explain myself. And in emails, that can be very problematic because when you're just trying to get a quick back and forth, lots of words means lots of reading, means lots of times, means lowered productivity. And so what I would do when Jonathan became my new boss is I would send him these messages and I'd get one word answers back. And it really would hurt my feelings because I'd feel like, did I do something wrong? Like he's not being relational with me. He would just say, yeah, sounds good. Okay, do it. Sure. And it really like frustrated me. So I talked to him about it. He said, oh, I don't mean anything by that. He said, when you're working with people who are trying to manage other people, they're just trying to get through their email and keep things moving. He said, I, once I get done with your email, I'm going to 15 other emails and trying to get through those as well and give other people answers. And so he really taught me a lot about what it is to work in a professional environment, not just professional development, but now professionally relating to other people in communication. And Jonathan was my boss mm. for uh, a little over a year. Then you forward on to Mark. And Mark taught me uh, all about managing inner office conflict. Then you fast forward to, um, oh, gosh, who I've got so many. Uh, you fast forward <laughs> to uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, who I don't know personally, but I listened to him every single day for a year to the point where no longer did I need to ask him any questions. I knew what he would say before it happened. Today, I have two executives that are on my leadership team, and I consult with them for everything. I don't just go in and do something. We consult together. So yes, Mm. you do have to have other people come in and invest. And it means that you're going to have to open yourself up to criticism and critique, but that's where you can become great because your potential is here. If you give everything that you've got and you work as hard as you can, your success, your ability to create and achieve is here because that's, that's your cap. That's so good. But when you start introducing more people with more gifts, more perspective, more experience, all of a sudden that cap is raised with more experiences, with more life lessons, with more perspective, and your cap just blows off. And really anything at that point becomes possible. And so I am at the point right now where I am ready and I'm interviewing personal coaches for myself in business specifically. I've got marriage people. Who I, call, who I call and I talk to and we have regular meetings. I have some 
business people who I do that, but I'm ready for a personal coach because I need to grow as a CEO. Not because I need to grow as a CEO, but because the people underneath me now need me to grow as a CEO. Your kids need you to grow as a father. Your kids need you to grow as a mother. Your spouse needs you to grow as a spouse and so on and so forth it goes. And you ain't going to grow unless you bring somebody else in because your cap is here. And once you reach that, you ain't busting through it at all until you introduce other people into the process. Ooh, I hope everybody got something out of this short but power-packed uh, episode. I'm super proud um, to have Dave on the show finally. It's a long time overdue. Dave, why don't you let people know where they can find you? I know you're a fellow Twitter Twitter person. I know Twitter. a lot of people feel that Twitter's dying. Twitter ain't going nowhere. Twitter, that's, the best, that's the best social media platform, according to Bart. Anyways, Dave, tell people where they can find you, man. Yeah. If you want to know more about my agency, go to theblocksagency.com. If you're interested in Campaign Donut because you are a content marketer and you want one platform to create, collaborate, publish, and reuse content marketing campaigns, go to campaigndonut.com. But if you just want to be buddies, find me at Twitter at Dave Shrine. That's it. Ooh, all right, guys. This has been the More Life Podcast. Have a good one. Peace out.